Are you ready for the podcast? Ready? I was born ready. Podcasting is my middle name. Mac Podcasting NZ. Stay tuned, podcasting. Duh. Good evening and welcome to Spiders Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and spooky Halloween things or something. I'm Chris Leva. And I'm Mackenzie Wall. And today we're speaking about Halloween specials. And that's the last and- time I'm going to use that voice. Halloween specials, that category, not The Simpsons. Correct. (laughs) Non-Treehouse of Horror episodes of other things. (laughs) I feel like Simpsons Halloween specials um, outnumber the totality of the rest of non-Simpsons Halloween specials at this point that exist in the world. I would agree with that. I think if you made a list of the 27 (laughs) Treehouse of Horror episodes, plus if you count the... Halloween episode that was a non-Treehouse of Horror Halloween of Horror episode. So there's actually 28 Halloween episodes of The Simpsons. Uh, It vastly outnumbers the Halloween specials that are out there. I can't even name like 10 non-Simpsons animated Halloween specials. I can probably think there are a lot of there are a lot of Halloween episodes but that's not halloween themed like halloween special right 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 that's what i'm that's what i'm saying there are a lot of halloween episodes of something but aren't like what we would define as a halloween special in this way um like home improvement from the 90s had a lot of halloween episodes but i wouldn't count them as halloween specials because it was just the same show just with costumes yeah i mean it's a sitcom they're gonna do a halloween episode that's what sitcoms do every it's like a content calendar for marketing like every season here's our halloween here's our christmas here's our thanksgiving or a valentine's day one pick one and next year we're going to walt disney world yeah and the trip one but what we're discussing are specials not episodes of things but specials so halloween specials should people make them? Shouldn't they make them? Why should they make them? Let's find out. Thanks, Mr. Peanut Butter. You're welcome. For me, okay, so to answer your question, Mr. Peanut Butter, sir, um, <clears throat> this is kind of a cheat because we say it every episode of our podcast, but I think it's about character. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Does a Halloween special say something new about your characters or fit into their world in some new and interesting way that's different than like, oh, we just dressed up for Halloween and did a show. Okay. Like a good example. mm, This isn't really special, but it's a good Halloween episode of something that I enjoy. Oh goodness. Um, So we're we're about to like totally circumvent everything we just said. Talking about character though. Talking about character. It's not the whole episode isn't about this. It's not really about Halloween. Halloween's part of the episode, which is why I'm calling it an episode. Okay. But there's an episode of Gargoyles where they celebrate Halloween in Manhattan. And like, oh, we can walk around the city. Like, okay, you're monsters and you're walking around the city because it's Halloween. I see why you did this. This is relevant to your character and your wants and what's going on. 
And that episode is ultimately not a Halloween special because it's not about Halloween. It's just happening. But that moment is good. So the the criteria we would say for a Halloween special is has to be about the character and specifically about the character's relationship to the holiday or traditions of Halloween. Yeah. And I think it's easy to say something about Halloween because what we know about the meaning of Halloween, air quotes, has developed out of these TV specials about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is Halloween? Like, just if we were to conceptualize it into its pieces, that if we were making a show, if we were going to go saying, let's do a holiday special, what are the things that we can unpack or unwrap? What are the little things that we can unwrap from Halloween? The little, the little candies? Yeah. What candies can we unwrap? Yeah, what little nuggets of something is present? Mm. If we were to reach into this bag of... Hershey's nuggets, yeah. <laughs> Halloween tropes, what would we pull out? <clears throat> well, I think in, in the modern sense of Halloween, ignoring like All Hallows' Eve and all that old, less fun stuff. Well, yeah, we uh, don't want to deal with that. I know. Of course, dressing up. Um, and what does that mean for your characters? Is it just dressing up and it's part of your show? Or is it like, we can show who we really are on Halloween? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the realization that Halloween is about giving candy, not receiving candy. <laughs> okay, so the candy. We, we got the candy. Um, what is actually scary? So scariness and defining things that are scary and cause fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also posit the um, understanding of monsters or ghosts or the supernatural. The veil between our world and the spirit world being really, really thin on the night that's, of Halloween. That's Day of the Dead. It's the next day. I, I'm just saying that's a trope in there that suddenly monsters are allowed. As you were saying with gargoyles, monsters can be among us because it's a day where things are fine. We're okay with scary things and monsters being part of it. So yeah. You, so you could reach into the trope of monster movies and all those other things to pull things out from there. Ah, monster movies. <laughs> I was really excited to record this episode because it hasn't felt like Halloween. Ha being a person who lives in California now instead of the Midwest, like, I don't know where fall is or what's happened. <laughs> By this point, it was like, the leaves will be in the ground. I'll be wearing warm sweaters and drinking cocoa, watching, like, black and white Frankenstein movies. Like, that hasn't happened. So this special has meant something to me as a person to talk about <laughs> Halloween. Do I need to go outside and bring some leaves in for you, or can you see them changing behind me? Well, they just started falling here as well. Okay. Apparently. It, it all comes in like one, <laughs> we're done. I like see. Like we're green, and now we're on the ground in green. <laughs> now, when we look at things, I think as far as Halloween specials go, I think that the gold standard, or the one that's been around the longest because it was the first Halloween special is it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I'd agree with that. It's the first one that told us this is what a Halloween special could be. And 
while it doesn't play with the scariness of it in terms of monsters or things that are otherworldly, it does play around with childhood trauma and fear <laughs> in a very real way. In a very loose sense of the word trauma. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, not uppercase T trauma, but there's a lot of trauma. Um, when you give a child a rock deliberately, multiple adults give a child a rock instead of candy. That is a traumatic experience. And we have to understand. So any adults who are out there who think it's funny to give a child a rock, it's not. Just know that rock is going through your window. Yeah. Be prepared. And kids, if you get a rock from an adult, I'm not going to advocate throwing it through their window, but I will advocate letting them know how their action has affected you. Verbally. Verbally, at least. Verbally let them know. Yes. No, thank you, sir. I don't need this rock. Yeah. Because you said trick or treat. They decided for trick. You may treat them to your treatise on how to treat children. <laughs> Trick or treatise. Trick or treatise. <laughs> the philosopher's <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treatise. I was hoping you'd say treatise. <laughs> <laughs> well, pull up a chair. Let's talk about communism first and Karl Marx. Now, if I were to distribute this candy evenly amongst all of you. <laughs> oh, okay. And see. <laughs> You're oh, welcome, man, Internet. I like say. It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yes, the gold standard. The gold standard. I would agree with that. I would say... Um, that it is the Charles Dickens A Christmas Carol of Halloween because Christmas Carol like defined what Christmas is for the next 150 years and it's still going um, since Christmas didn't exist the way we know it before Christmas Carol really with all the fun trappings and that's fun such turkey mm -hmm. etc um, I, I think Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown is the same thing for Halloween like trick or treat bobbing for apples no one likes bobbing for apples but it's in the show yes and you do it like it's a it's a thing and it's like why why are we sticking our collective mouths into a bucket you know a, a vat of water which we've just put all of our face paint on yeah we're all in costume and now we're dunking our faces opening our mouths and letting loose whatever's in our mouths into that water and trying to grab at apples with our mouths what if you miss an apple and then it moves over to somebody else and they get that apple? Like, this is the most disgusting tradition. I hadn't really, like, gone over it, but my yeah, God. Yeah, it's awful. That's why we don't do it. Stop bobbing for apples. I'm trying to think of a good Christmas equivalent. What do people do for Christmas that everyone hates in actuality? Fruitcake? Fruitcake, possibly. Fruitcakes. Does anyone like... Actually, I'm okay with a good fruitcake, but it's really easy to mess up fruitcake. So, as far as Halloween specials go, Charlie Brown defined the genre, so to speak. We do still have new Halloween specials happening currently. So, for this episode, we chose a new Halloween special and an old Halloween special. We 
We're also going to talk about one that is going to come out after this episode gets recorded. So um, there is the... And, and it's not the one you're thinking of. <laughs> no. Which one are you thinking of? I, I just think the, the Michael Jackson one is uh, making the rounds right now in the news. Yes, it is. So, But we're not talking about that one. We're not talking about that one. We're talking about the Tom Hanks-led David S. Pumpkins Saturday Night Live animated Halloween special. If you don't know who David S. Pumpkins is... As I did not. Please go to the internet, check in our show notes. We will have a link to the original David S. Pumpkins sketch, and hopefully we'll be able to watch the David S. Pumpkins Halloween special, but... And if after watching David S. Pumpkins you have any questions, feel free to tweet at us at WG Animated. Wow. Well done. I'm, Thank I'm you. thoroughly impressed. <laughs> I'm thoroughly impressed. Well done. <laughs> but today we're talking about Garfield's Halloween Adventure from 1985. And we're going to be also discussing... Mickey Mouse, the scariest story ever told from 2007 right now. 17. Seven. Yeah, I was not 2007 right now. 2017 right now. Right. I, I forgot to add the teen. 2017, which is right now. So just came out this past month. Um, and I, I like the way the two of them play with expectation of character and scary funny. And this relationship between... Is Halloween a scary time or is Halloween a funny time? Mm -hmm. Do you have fun? What makes it fun? What makes it scary? And is it okay to laugh on Halloween night? I think it's okay to laugh anytime. Well, sure. But. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> um, and spooky laughs on Halloween. So we'll, we'll start out with Garfield's Halloween adventure. This was before Garfield had a show. So Garfield was only on TV during these specials. He had his Thanksgiving special. He had his Christmas special. He had his Garfield on the town was a special that was out there. There was a lot of stuff. It was Charlie Browning at the time. Yeah. Uh, I would say the Christmas special is iconic and still is to a certain degree. The Garfield? Yeah. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Come on. Okay. How about this? I've watched it. Okay. I I don't know. Like, doing research for this, I saw Garfield's Halloween Adventure a lot as a kid. Uh, my dad loves Garfield. Um, and so many of the one-liners in this are a formative part of my childhood. And it's like flashbacks watching. It's like, oh, candy, candy, candy. Got it. Um <laughs> uh, so it's reading other people talk about Garfield Halloween Adventure, and it's it's really not shown on TV anymore. As of the past few years, it's kind of snuck away. And so this debate, is this a good Halloween special? Is it a bad Halloween special? Is it culturally important? Some people say, yes, it's equal to The Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Some people say, like, what is this trash? <laughs> I think part of it has to do with Garfield's not as present in our lives I feel like the Peanuts characters are always there somehow. Like, you could mm -hmm. show somebody a picture of Charlie Brown and they know who it is. And I'm sure that if you showed somebody a picture of Garfield, they'd be like, uh, Grumpy Cat? 
Um, but <laughs> lasagna cat, lasagna cat. So it's just trying to figure out: um, is does Garfield have the same cultural currency that he had before? And I don't know. I think it's been tainted by all the the weird hipster parodies that have been done of Garfield. Like, uh, there's Garfield minus Garfield, of course. Right. There's, which is now also, like, tragic and classic in its own way. <laughs> there's Arbuckle. That's out there. Um, this is the Rick and Morty Garfield parody, which I think is the most known thing currently. There's the... Um, I think they made a movie. I can't quite remember ever seeing it. I I knew they were going to talk about making a movie, possi- you know, with Bill Murray, but I don't think that ever got made because... I have we no like memory or recollection of that ever happening in this current existence. It does sound like something would be like the punch, a recurring punchline in 30 Rock. Like, have you seen that new Bill Murray Garfield movie? They'd cut away and have like one bad clip to exemplify how bad it is. Right. But I don't think they would ever actually make it. So, yeah, it exists in the same the same part of my brain where um, uh, Leap Day William, the Jim Carrey movie in the background of a 30 Rock episode exists like. They're equally equally made and thought out in my head, except Leap Day William is obviously a much better movie. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so, uh, here we go. The thing that I like about Garfield is Garfield always says what Garfield is about, and Garfield never changes. Garfield is always about the same things. Garfield's in it for Garfield. Garfield's in it for lasagna. Garfield's in it for sleep. And um, I think that's about it. I think that's those are three things. That yeah, that I, seems right. That I would say define the big G. <laughs> it's a fitting nickname. <laughs> big G. Um, yeah, I think those are accurate things. So, I mean, Halloween seems to appeal to garfield he can sleep all day and then go get a lot of food all for himself yes now here's here's the question i have dramaturgically about this halloween special can animals eat candy like is is that a good thing to for an animal to eat candy is that the one question well i I mean there are lots of questions but i was you know i was worried about this cat and his friend Odie, the dog, going out and eating candy. His, hopefully they didn't get any chocolates. I don't know what kind of candy they had in 1985. Maybe it's not really food. Um, in 1985, I can't quite remember what candy was like, you know, when I was that young. But uh, I don't remember it being good. My dramaturgical problem is that this still seems to exist in the time of Garfield when John Arbuckle didn't understand what Garfield was saying. Like they lived in two different worlds and yet Garfield goes trick or treating and can say trick or treat to strangers and they understand what he's saying. But can they? Oh, he has that whole talk with the old man at the house. That's true. And then he does threaten the woman who doesn't give him enough candy. He threatens to, ransack his her house and 
cut up her he gets more candy. drapes and then gets more candy. So she would yeah. have to understand his threat or realize that the cat hasn't left yet and just give him more candy and maybe that will make him leave. Yes. So, yes. John doesn't get our Garfield. Everyone else does. Okay. So, okay. Dramaturgical issues here and there. <laughs> but the one thing that they get right is stated from Garfield's mouth at the very beginning where he says how Halloween is a simple holiday. There's no compli- nothing complicated about it. Boom, you go out, you get candy. Boom, you go out, you get candy. That's it. That's all there is to it. You don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to give gifts. You don't have to put up a tree. You don't necessarily even have to decorate. It's like, it's like the great Seinfeld bit where he's talking about Halloween. He's like, what? You know, as a kid, all you want to do is get candy. It's like, what? Who's giving out candy? Everyone we know is giving out candy. Oh, my God. I want to be a part of it. What do I have to do? I can wear that. <laughs> it's just like this big thing of, okay, I'll just dress up and then go out and I'll just get get candy. That's all I'll get. Every Get it all. Get all the candy. And I think the point of this episode is that Halloween seems simple, but Garfield learns a Halloween lesson. Ah, oh, lesson. He learned a lesson. Ugh. It's not drama if you don't learn a lesson. Is it though? Can't can't That's right. Can't can't we have drama without learning something? Mm, no, because then it's just a Sarah rule play. Oh, can we? Ooh, oh, come boob. On our we we've lost so many <laughs> listeners now because everyone. <laughs> Is like a fan of Sarah Rule. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, then it's like an early Sarah Rule play. Okay. Or Sarah Kane play. Either of the same. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'm cutting you off because <laughs> one, I'm hurt. And two, I'm sure all of our listeners are like, who? So, <laughs> which is bad. So go, go read a Sarah Rule play, at least one. But let's move on to yeah. Garfield. Back to Garfield. Back to Garfield. And the time when kids can go out on their own without adult supervision and go house to house and get candy. Magical time, 1985. Yes. Now the And it was af- you would trick or treating after the sun went down. Right. You wait until the sun goes down. Like that's it. When can we get candy? Not till it's dark. Ah. Yeah. It has to be dark before I can go to strangers' houses. <laughs> Now it's like 5.30, go out and get candy. Like, excuse me? My costume is designed to look good in the dark, not with all this bright sunlight on me. (laughs) It's not dramaturgically accurate for a vampire to be out right now. (laughs) Not without an umbrella. Mm, Maybe I'll do that next time I go (laughs) (laughs) trick-or-treating. Now, the, the other thing that Garfield has is jazz music. So... Or fun, poppy kind of music. They had the uh, the opening song where Garfield has a... It's not up to the level of Flash Beagle dance break. <laughs> Be- as, as, we, as we discussed in our dance episode, um, it's it's not to that level. So don't, don't expect really good dancing from Garfield. Um, but it's talking about trick or treat. And then they have the song about... What should I be? Where Garfield is trying to find a Halloween costume. Um, 
and trying to be alien creature. What is he going to be? What does it mean that Garfield becomes, in the end, spoilers, a pirate, where that's the costume he chooses? Does that mean anything dramaturgically for his character that he would be a pirate? He's selfish. <clears throat> Are you calling pirates selfish? Yes, by definition, pirates are selfish. You've never heard of like the uh, the Robin Hood of pirates, have you? No. Exactly. <laughs> so, and also they go out and rob people and gain a lot of booty, like booty, like like yeah. can't. <laughs> I, love, I love how you say it a second time. Somehow makes it different. <laughs> it makes it uh, worse. Um, <laughs> So the pirates go out and get all their treasure, and Garfield's treasure is candy. Candy, 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 candy. Oh, so the other song that they get is the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat, where he sees how scared Odie is when they go out to trick or treat, and he sings a song in his awesome jazz voice instead of his regular Lorenzo music voice. Like, I don't, I don't understand that where it seems like Garfield is acting like he's singing, but he's singing with a voice that's not his own, but his lip syncing, but his lips never move ever. So um, anyway, <laughs> the one thing I'm not is a scaredy cat where he's saying, look around. It's just kids. Don't worry about it. I'm totally brave about this. And then we start to see the world of Garfield change from everyday neighborhood. This is fun. He's a fat cat out trick-or-treating, dressed as a pirate. You know, normal day um, in the life. And then we start to see that things are a little weird. We actually see monsters and ghosts and the people walking around are actually monsters underneath those costumes. And it's done in the name of silliness, but <clears throat> it introduces this new element of Garfield of like, it's not the rules on Halloween are different than the rules of other Garfield specials. Right. This is actually a dangerous place full of magic. Magic is real. Monsters are real because it has to set you up for the next piece where they go on a journey and like many people like many stories they take a boat towards a river to something different garfield sees a whole other neighborhood on the other side of the river a river which may or may not have existed in previous garfield episodes yeah like you do um but they cross this river to try to get more and they end up getting lost. This is like, this is basically the Odyssey. <laughs> basically the Odyssey happening. Garfield's Odyssey. <laughs> now, one thing, because as a kid, I remember being horrified by what happens from this point on, I think this point on in the Garfield special is um, really scary. 
Well, it's it's done in animation styles that are different than what you see in Garfield. Like Garfield's still the same, but you get like the weird, bumpy old man who looks like a Flash cartoon from the early two thousands. Because he just has like the same three faces and poses that he rotates between. <laughs> You're right. Um, and then you have the weird transparent ghost pirate thing. And blob. And here, here's a quote from Jim Davis about this. So Jim Davis, the writer of the episode, the creator of Garfield, um, he says, quote, I wanted to start it with something very familiar. Garfield going into the day being Garfield with the candy, 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 going out trick-or-treating, things like that. Then I wanted to turn it. I wanted to go somewhere that would at least scare four-year-olds. <laughs> Success. <laughs> the only way I could do that was to get Garfield and Odie away from the house and the neighborhood. So that's what the boat represented. If they lost control and then the boat took them somewhere else, wherever they end up, it's going to be a lot more believable than it would be if it was in Garfield's house. End quote. Well, I feel like also in a, in a kid's show or kid's special, like the house is like this happy, safe place. Like if you get back to the house at the end, obviously the ghost can't get you there. You're back at your house. I guess that's true. There's nothing dramaturgically stopping a pirate ghost from chasing Garfield and Odie into their house. You're right. The, the, the closed door, the blankets over your head, all those things don't actually provide you the protection against the supernatural that you would um, want them to. No matter how much I, you know, hide under the covers after watching, like, Paranormal Activity or something dumb, you know. <laughs> or The Ring or, you know, any of these scary things. Like, oh, it's going to get me, but at least I'm under the covers. No, if, if something were real, then you would just, you know, die in bed, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But what's what's fun for me is I actually had the book, the comic book that it was based on, um, Garfield's Halloween Adventure. Oh, it's based on a comic? Yeah. Not like I, the comic wasn't inspired by this? I don't know which came first because it follows the movie plot almost exactly, except for when it comes to the pirates. So <laughs> I said Homer. I still have the, <laughs> the Odyssey. Garf Homer's Odyssey. Garfield and Odie end up at this spooky house where this old scary gentleman is there um, telling them stories and tales about pirates who a hundred years ago, and maybe this is the problem with showing it now, because a hundred years ago would be like the you know, 1900s and there weren't pirates. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Back in 1917... <laughs> right before the stock market crash, these pirates, the ghost flapper girls. <laughs> so the pirates hid the treasure at this house. Um, and now they're going to, they, they vowed to return a hundred years and a hundred years is now it's tonight on Halloween night. Um, in the comic, the ghosts return just like they do, but Garfield gets greedy and Garfield takes a ring from the treasure and puts it on before he leaves. So he steals some treasure. He's like, oh, gold. I'm going to take this gold. 
Um, and the ghosts actually chase him back to his home. And they're swirling around until he returns the ring. And then he's able to be free of the ghosts. Hmm. So it, it was an interesting, interesting change as opposed to them just running, getting away and ending up back at home being safe, wondering if it actually ever happened. So what is the lesson that Garfield learns? You said that for this to be dramaturgically sound, for it to be more interesting, to be drama, Garfield... Drama! Garfield needed to learn a lesson. What is the lesson that Garfield learns? Well, his life is saved by Odie at least once through the course of this. So at the beginning, he says, Odie... Halloween's the day when dogs get to help cats go gather up candy from houses, and at the end you get one whole piece of candy for yourself as a dog. Isn't that great? And so he has Odie come on this big adventure, and then Odie protects him and saves him. So at the end, Garfield says, I'm feeling generous. Here's your half of the candy. Gives away half of his candy to Odie. Yes. He has this wonderful, like, spirit of Halloween overtakes him, and he has a generous moment. Now get out of here. Hmm. With a, with a tear in his cat eye. <laughs> and I'm sure the next day things went back to normal. As they do, but you know, Odie had half a candy. Yeah, things will never be same for that dog because he'll probably have some kind of illness because of all the candy. I mean, it's... 30 years later, he's going strong. He's fine. <laughs> it's like normal never grew up. The world's cutest kitty cat. <laughs> Sorry, Garfield is like embedded in the back of my brain somewhere. <laughs> oh, man. I would love to see a modern interpretation of Garfield done well. Normal's like an internet pop star. There's potential here. Yeah, I, th I think Normal could definitely be famous on YouTube or something. Yeah. And then he moves into the neighborhood. <laughs> hmm. I mean, it feels like the Garfield property is open to anything. We could make this pitch. Yes, we could. Let's, instead of doing that... <laughs> Let's, let's talk about let's Mickey talk, Mouse. Let's go to Mickey Mouse. Um, so Mickey Mouse, the cool thing about Mickey Mouse is they've been doing a reinvention of Mickey for the past few years. Um, and you could listen to our character breakdown of Mickey Mouse that we've done previously. But this episode, this Halloween special, Mickey Mouse, the scariest story ever told is done in the more recent Disney Channel Mickey Mouse vibe. So it's a little bit harder edged, um, a little bit more, um, I wanna say, it allows things to be a little grosser, but it, it, it's allowed to go a little further with the characterizations and the stylizations. Would you agree with that or? Yeah, I agree with that. Like I, it's hard to describe accurately what its visual style is. Cause Goofy just, 
He doesn't really look goofy anymore. Goofy looks like this disgusting old uncle. <laughs> well, here's the hard part about it is they took... They went... They went back to the, a lot of the original designs of Mickey and Donald and Goofy. They got Goofy back when he was known as Dippy Dog, um, which was Goofy's first name when he starred in... Um, Oh, gosh, what was Mickey's Review, I believe it was called, where they're trying to do um, a performance for some orphans, and like you do. And Dippy Dog was in the audience, and he had a tail, and he looked rugged. He looked like he just came in off the street, and he's just like laughing with his... It's the same goofy laugh, but that's that's all it was. And... They, I think they went back to that and infused it with the power of late 90s style. Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy, yes. They, they imbued him with a little bit of that with the writing power of the 2000s-ish. And, and that's where they came up with. So it went all the way back to these character things, even Mickey Mouse, because he has the... Um, the pie cut out in his eye as opposed to pupils. So they went all the way back with Mickey Mouse. Um, but I, I like the design. I think it's fun. Um, I think it's surprising. Goofy still does bother me because he's not, he doesn't seem as fun. He seems like he's actually dangerous and gross, which re yeah. really throws me off for Goofy. Like it, it, it doesn't feel funny i feel really awkward and don't want him around and i feel like <laughs> that's the point yeah that's probably the point of goofy you don't want goofy around but you don't want him around because he's physically dangerous you know or accident prone as opposed to he looks threatening i mean it's in this particular special it is kind of like why is he there like mickey and donald are here with all of their assorted nephews, because I guess Mickey has nephews. Yes, Mickey does have nephews. So if you didn't know, if you don't know, now you know. Um, <laughs> Mickey Mouse has two nephews, Morty and Ferdy. Like you do. Like you do, Morty and Ferdy. Um, and, and they get Huey, Dewey, and Louie in their 90s slash 80s DuckTales voices. Yes, so you get, um, oh my gosh, why did I lose her name? Rusty Taylor. Doing, doing um, Huey, Dewey, and Louie again. And I think also doing Morty and Ferdy. Because, hey, if you need nephews, <laughs> Rusty Taylor's got, got you covered. <laughs> Disney cast list. Mickey, Goofy, nephews. <laughs> it's just, oh, but she does really well. The thing that she does well is she still gives them different um, characterizations, even though it's the exact same voice. Although you have no idea which one is which. And I guess, <laughs> I mean, that's always been the joke of Huey, Dewey, and Louie. But now even in this, it goes back to that. Does it matter which is which? I don't think so. Because it's not really about them as characters. It's about them as an entity. Mm -hmm. Which is classic DuckTales. Not new DuckTales. Right. But, yeah. New DuckTales is the antithesis of that. But we won't get into that in this episode. I was surprised. I thought they would have for sure brought in um, 
Max. Max? Right? Is that his name? Goofy's 90s son? Yes, but in that reality, Goofy does not have a son in that universe. Oh, man, I just really wanted to have, like, the... I feel like this particular Halloween special would have had an extra highlight of, like, the... The, the teen is like a little too old for Halloween, kind of leading all the young nephews like, this actually isn't scary, and like turning everyone against the adults. I'd love that. Yes, but you can't imagine Max with that Goofy as a father. The Goofy in these Mickey Mouse shorts, if he is somebody's father, he doesn't know he is. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. Yeah. Or... I, d I can't see that happening. I can't see him having um, offspring. <laughs> That's fair. This is a whole different reality. It is. And I, I totally see where you're coming from in terms of having that Max character. I think it, it would be interesting. But the, the way they've chosen their universe doesn't allow for it, which is sad. But um, it does get to play with Mickey Mouse. And the hard part about Mickey Mouse is that Mickey's always been known as sort of a boring character. When we talked about him before, he's like Clark Kent, you know, had yeah. the Boy Scout, the not really interesting milk toast, you know, and they actually say that in this special, <laughs> like you can't tell us a scary story because you're the boring one. Uncle Mickey. Mm -hmm. And so it plays around with how can we have a scary time? How can a sto scary story be told by somebody who's as uninteresting as Mickey, Mickey Mouse? So it's trying to get Mickey to do something out of character, which as we talk about with Garfield, it's, Mickey chooses to do something that's totally out of character and scare them. But we have to get him to that point. And I think the way they do it is rather inspired as well. Because, like, there are a couple, like, not-so-scary stories at first. There's... What's the first one? Is the first one, like, Frankenstein? first one is Frankenstein. And the second one is, like, this vampire hunt. Yes. Um, but both stories have Mickey in them representing a character. So those stories can't be scary because Mickey is physically in the story that he's telling. And the final story, which is scary, doesn't have Mickey represented in it. Huh. I didn't notice so that. He's telling the story, but he's not a character in the story. Well done, Mackenzie. You figured it out. I'm doing my I taught Chris a lesson dance. <laughs> you didn't teach me a lesson, but... <laughs> but the, the other thing that he... The thing that I did notice <laughs> was that the main characters became the children. Mm -hmm. So I didn't, it wasn't the fact that it was not about Mickey. It's that they became the main characters. So the thing that scared them is something that is threatening to them personally, as just opposed to scary things happening in the world. It has to be scary personally to them, to a child. Because the first story 
is a retelling of Frankenstein with Goofy as a mad scientist, which is really hilarious, I thought. <laughs> um, and Donald Duck is an Igor character, which is really funny. What do they call him? Like Duckor? Duckor, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, give me a hand. And he hands him a f- severed foot. He's like, I said a hand. <laughs> it's, just, Ow. it's just like bad, bad jokes there. And then Mickey is the monster, which of course is going to be just a, it, it felt like young Frankenstein where he puts on a show <laughs> singing about how he's alive. And yeah, I'm not sure why it became Xanadu, but I really appreciated it. <laughs> Roller skates and <laughs> Roller skates, short shorts, flashing lights. Oh my gosh. A leotard. It was just wonderful. <laughs> And then it's like it fizzles out in that third act of of the story that Mickey's telling. And then you get the Dracula story, Van Mousing, um, which the thing that I appreciate about this one was now it's not just Mickey telling the story. Now it's Donald and Goofy trying to help Mickey tell the story. So you end up with them, three narrators, fighting back and forth about no it was they were all on horseback and it shows them on a giant horse no but they all had their own horses no it was a carriage and then no it was a dune buggy no it was horses and it goes back to that (coughs) yeah it's certainly funny so it's it's everyone thinking that they can one up the spookiness but then the fact that the kids all see the where it's going like okay we yeah, we all saw it coming. <laughs> it's just like... Well, it's also the first two stories that Mickey tells are familiar Halloween tropes now. They're classic monster stories. Everyone knows Frankenstein and Dracula. If not the actual story and how it turns out with Frankenstein being chased by mob, etc., etc. They know the idea of Frankenstein. Yes. You know all the tropes surrounding it. Like, me and It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown before last year. Like, I know the tropes of It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown, but I've never <laughs> seen it. Like, I know it enough. Sure. Whereas then they essentially tell the story of, um, what am I thinking of? Titus Andronicus? Yeah. No, that, that's that's the Kimmy Schmidt character. No, tra- Titus Andronicus. Titus Andromedon is the Kimmy Schmidt character. Yes. Titus Andronicus is the Shakespeare play. Titus Androgynous is my Rocky Horror themed show musical that I want to do on Halloween someday. I will co-write this. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Um, but they essentially Mickey tells Titus Andronicus with like meeting Hansel and Gretel with like German children getting baked into pies and fed to each other and it's scary because the kids are the characters one and two um, as my wife looked up she wasn't really watching it I had my headphones on and she just looked at the TV and she was like Okay, that's really intense. <laughs> the the images with the witch were actually scary. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was well, the witch like transforms and oh, I know from a little old lady to just a horrifying <laughs> image of a witch floating and chasing after the kids. Oh, and the scene where they're in the pies. Oh, that's just scary. That was just creepy. Who turned out the lights? Help me. Oh, <laughs> not done yet. 
What happens? I even forget what happens at the end of the story. Like the end of the story doesn't matter. It's the fact that it's scary. Well, the end is where Mickey says they'll bake you into a pie, and then he throws the blanket over them, and then they're like, "Ah, we're in a pie." <laughs> Do all the kids in the story get eaten? Yeah, is that the point? Yes, they okay. all get they all get chased and eaten. But it's but what's scary for them is them being a part of it, and they them personally having a stake in it Mm -hmm. unlike all the other ones where it's just oh isn't that scary it's about vampires oh isn't that scary it's about frankenstein no it's scary because the witch can come after you next that's so the moral of the halloween special here is don't tell a story about yourself tell a parable an everyman parable about children I would like don't go necking at lookout point because a man with the hook will try and get into your car. <laughs> yes, that's 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 the moral of this of our Halloween special. <laughs> that's the lesson we've learned is make it don't go necking at lookout point. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what I've learned. <laughs> ah! Well, there goes my Monday night. Um so what have we learned? What what makes a Halloween special? What have we found out, as Mr. Peanut Butter would say? <laughs> well, I think for part of it is don't be afraid of the funny and the scary because I think that things are scarier once you've set up the normal world. And if your character is normally funny, Garfield, Mickey Mouse, if if they live in a normal, happy world of silliness, you can't automatically go straight there. You can't go for the scare right away. Um, and I think a lot of that philosophy comes from if you have you ever been to Dis- Disneyland, Mackenzie? I've been to Disney World. Okay. Have you? And I know the difference, so that's good. Well, good. <laughs> have you gone on Disney's um, the Haunted Mansion ride? Of course. I'm sorry. Attraction. Is that still there? Yes. Yes, it is. It, I know Tower of Terror is gone now. Yes, Tower of Terror is now a Guardians of the Galaxy themed, um, Guardians of the Galaxy breakout, which is supposed to be good. That's neither here nor there. Yes. Haunted Mansion. So the Haunted Mansion, uh, there were big fights when the attraction was being designed between Mark Davis, who was doing a lot of the design work, and Walt Disney, in the decision on is this funny and silly, or is this just out of your mind scary and they they were going back and forth fighting like it's too scary no it's too silly you're making it too silly no it's too funny and there was this crazy dichotomy that goes there and i think that for me as a child it was just a hundred percent scary just Hmm. just just a hundred percent close my eyes the whole time kind of experience but you know, going back as as an older kid and as an adult, you start to see the silly creepiness behind where you start. So it starts off very silly, very ridiculous, very tropey, and it sets you up. And then later on, it gets scary, but then it, it keeps going back and forth again really, really, really well. Um, There's some really creepy stuff, like the environment itself is just... Very creepy. And mm-hmm. I think 
when they did the Mickey Mouse special, I don't think that they were like, can we do this like the Haunted Mansion? You know, I don't think that's something that they deliberately talk about. Like, it's a Disney Halloween special. We must go back to the Halloween Mansion. But the idea is it has to be both in order for the scariness to actually have an effect. And I'd agree with that. Like, I think with Halloween... Something's only scary like the first time you hear it. So therefore, what's scary in years past of Halloween isn't scary anymore. So it's just constantly evolving. And I think the best Halloween specials do this. Like, let's make fun of something that used to be scary, but simultaneously introduce something new that's scary. Mm-hmm. And you highlight the new thing that's scary by how funny the old thing was. It's this constant evolution of, like, what scary is. And then you're also... Yeah, you're, you're you're taking the things that we know and bending and bending and bending it because it's it's as much of what we share as a culture as what's scary to everybody. Like Frankenstein used to scare us, Dracula used to scare us, but now they're kind of tropey. You know, we can't now it's just a thing and oh we know what's going to happen or we it's yeah. it's just overdone. So you need to get us in there a different way. I don't think we've had like a good new Halloween monster in like 30 years. No, we keep going back to the same monsters. I think, yeah, the last good one was like the serial killer introduced in the 80s. Yeah. (laughs) That's the last good Halloween monster. Not even specific serial killer, just serial killers. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess that's our new thing. That's the new challenge out there. And we'll see what David S. Pumpkins does if it straddles the lines between <laughs> scary and funny. Um, I don't know that it can. I feel like David S. Pumpkins starts, at least the original skit, starts from the opposite perspective of Mickey Mouse and Garfield, where it starts in like this Halloween haunted attraction, which is supposed to be scary, and you wind up with silly. Instead of starting with a silly character and going to scary. Which is true. You go for... Th- I feel like... The third annual David S. Pumpkins Halloween special might be scary. (laughs) (laughs) But then, that's the thing, though. Can David S. Pumpkins, who is essentially Tom Hanks playing 80s Tom Hanks? (laughs) (laughs) Scary already. (laughs) I know. Can that Tom Hanks be scary? Like, that's, that's the question. That was the Mickey Mouse question. In order for Mickey Mouse to tell a scary story, he had to not be in it. So what makes Tom Hanks scary? Maybe it'll be like a Nightmare Before Christmas thing where he has to save Halloween from actually scary things. Because he's not scary enough. Maybe he's I'm, not. I'm spitballing here. This is not like this is not as good as Trick or Treatus or Titus Androgynous. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll keep trying. So <laughs> Well, Mackenzie, did you have any favorite things from these two Halloween specials? I think favorite thing is just classic candy, 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 candy. Because it, it's a line of pure brilliance because it, it captures the obsessiveness and quick to excitedness of Halloween and candy. For me, it's um, Mickey Mouse in a unitard with... Um, <laughs> My gosh, why can't I think of the word? Um, Disco? 
Yeah, roller it was skates? sparkles and roller skates and a unitard sequins, sequined, sequined unitard with roller skates singing about being alive. That was that that was just uh, magic. And then the nice cut where we get to see it's actually Mickey Mouse wearing <laughs> a sequined unitard on roller skates telling the story like that's how he planned to tell finish the story this whole time. That was a good cut. Oh, so good. That's a good smash cut. <laughs> All right. Well, should we talk about homework time? Next time, we're going to be discussing animated prequels. I don't know why I try to say that in a scary voice. <laughs> but I mean, they're a little scary after watching a lot of them. They're yeah, they're... They're a little strange. So when a movie decides to create, a, when a live action film decides to make an animated prequel, why do they do that? And do they need to? <laughs> Let's find out. <laughs> I think just, why did they do that? <laughs> so for next time, you can watch on YouTube for free, Blade Runner Blackout 2022. Mm-hmm. And um, also, if you want to check out something like The Animatrix, you can try to find that and see if you can watch it. The Animatrix being part of the Matrix franchise, nine short films all put together to two hours of animation. Movie? (laughs) Animation. I know it's animated. (laughs) Can't say much else. So that's your homework for next time. As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, and to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find us on the web, ask us questions, say anything spooky to us on Twitter at WG Animated. Find us on Facebook and like our page on facebook.com slash WG Animated. And we'll have lots of show notes with links to some of the fun things to watch and take in and have some fun spooky Halloween time on writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Are we going to make Writers Get Animated fun, spooky Halloween time? Another thing? I don't know. We probably could. Fun, spooky Halloween time. (laughs) I like that abbreviation. F-S-H-T-M-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H. Good night, everybody. Ah. Uh.